I'm excited about this morning's sermon. If you look at the title on the lesson, it says, uh, <clears throat> the original title, Blessed is the Man Who Fears the Lord, and then uh, Enduring Blessings of the Fearless Heart. That could be like uh, a Love Comes Softly title or something. What do you think? All right, that didn't go over so well, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's way too long. No, 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 just the enduring blessings of the fearless heart. Can you see that being a title to one of those? No? Yes? Okay. Well, if I were the director, there'd be lots of gunfights and, you know, stuff like that. And the damsel in distress is saved and they ride off into the sunset. That's kind of what this sermon's about. But before we get there, uh, a couple words of encouragement and some... Uh, um, what do you call it? Introductions. And uh, here's one introduction. Mrs. Brown is in the house. Let's give it up for Heidi. What a lovely bride you were. What a lovely bride. It was great. If you went to the wedding, it was just beautiful. It was hot, but it was beautiful. It was great. So anyway, it's great to see you this morning, Mrs. Brown. This is the first time, Mrs. Brown, you've been in this auditorium, isn't it? Yes, welcome. It's nice. <laughs> All right, so the Blackberries are on. You're going, duh. Well, I don't know about you, but I see people alongside the roads picking Blackberries. Like, why would you want to do that? All the dust and the dirt and the smoke and whatever. Come to our house. The Lord has blessed us with this massive wall. It's probably about 15, 16 feet high. And it's a massive wall behind our house and behind our shed. And some of you know that this summer has been really unusual in that it's it, lots and lots and lots and lots of rain. All of a sudden, heat. Well, it has it caused the blackberries to go like crazy. So if you want blackberries that don't have a lot of smoke and dust and garbage and stuff, people spitting on it and other stuff. If you want to and you want to be peaceful and not have to dodge cars and whatever, come to our house. Just let us know you're coming. Uh, we have now a gate so no one that is uninvited can get in. So, And we'll give you the secret Dick Tracy code so you can get in. Oh, by the way, the, the blackberries are like bigger than my thumb, a lot of them. They're huge and they're sweet. So uh, we don't want them to go to waste. God has given us an overwhelming bumper crop. Uh, we want to exterminate them maybe someday soon. But after all of you got there with your berries, that would be great. So just let us know. Uh, Fifth Sunday rallies tonight over at the Alvador Christian Church. What time does that start? Six, Six o'clock. So if you're inclined to enjoy some singing and some good fellowship, you want to head that way. Don't head to my house because we'll just point you down the road to the Alvador. Bring something to share. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Bring something to share. Bring your favorite goodies. All right. And I'm not going to say... Uh, crackers and cookies and salami. I'm not going to say that because that's not right. So, oh, by the way, today is the deadline for the G4 Summit. Pay the preacher so he can buy your campsite so nobody else gets it. Did that, was that a good way to say it? All right, so actually, and I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. If you can find me before Wednesday, because uh, you don't have the money today, you can find me before Wednesday, you can, you can bring your money and give it to me on Wednesday. So, uh, before Wednesday, I should say. 
All right. But please let us know uh, if you're going to go. That would be fantastic. Oh, one more thing. Almost forgot, Julie. Julie is so kind as to be printing these really cool T-shirts. And they're the really nice T-shirts because Julie's making them. That's why they're the really nice ones. She gave me a she gave me a choice between two t-shirts. It's just she's got one that's nice and the one that's not as nice. Well, of course we're gonna do the nice ones, right? So anyway, uh, I need your size, and I won't post it online. I promise. Okay, but you know people listen to your phone. So as I call Julian, say, okay, we need six extra extra larges, no names included. Okay, so uh, but I need to know. Your your t-shirt size, okay? If you're showing up, we want you to be looking good, dressed right. Any other announcements I need to make before we move on? Wow, that was pretty easy. All right, is there anything in here? I know there's no birthdays this week. I'm kind of shocked, actually. So, all right. Well, the only other thing is I got this one little word of encouragement. Now, uh, Braxton is not here, so... I'll deliver it after assembly if I can remember. Somebody please remind me. Tony Villegas, you helped yesterday on the new fence line. It was essential and awesome because now I can finish the job unencumbered other than if my knees don't give out. So thank you, dear Mrs. Villegas. You're awesome. All right. Woohoo! Yeah. Have you ever seen a Tanya on her uh, tractor or her excavator? How many of you have ever seen her? Oh my goodness! It's like it's like there's she's got this old beat up cowboy hat on and these these uh, sunglasses and she's got this this it almost cuts her face into her she's her smile is so big you know it's the coolest thing so anyway it was pretty fun watching her I stand I stand pretty far away though because when she gets going. She's got missile lock. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch, actually. So anyway, moving on. I have that for you later, so don't let me forget. I don't want to run out of here. Let's grab our Bibles and let's turn back to Psalms 112. We're going to finish finish that lesson today. And I'll have to tell you, there was a song to kind of introduce the lesson. There was a song, I don't know, many years ago. It was kind of around the era of... Uh, uh, Forrest Gump. It was kind of around that era, and it was it was uh, don't worry, be happy. And you know what? I, I was tempted on bringing that song and having Scott do it. And as soon as you hear that, you'd never for the next hour, two hours, the next week, you'd have that stupid song in your head. I hate that song. That song is so unbiblical, I can't even believe it. See, don't worry and be happy. Now, if you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, that is absolutely true. But the vast majority of people in the world are not in Christ. So don't worry. You have no foundation. There is no substance in your life. You have no purpose. You have no meaning. Because remember, if you believe as the world believes... You're just as insignificant as a mosquito or an amoeba or something else. And so, like what you do with mosquitoes, oh well, moving on. That's how the world views you if they're not in Christ. And that's how people view themselves if they're not. They don't have any 
any real eternal meaning. You're saying, well, that's not true. Well, let me share with you, even some of the smartest people that you can meet, like my brother Larry, was hopeless, and he took his life. Because from a logical standpoint, if you're in the world, and you're in pain, emotional pain and every other kind of pain, you just take care of yourself, and then there's no more pain. Sorry, there's an eternal destiny afterwards. That was a very poor choice on my brother's part. You're saying you're so calloused. I'm not calloused. I'm not. I just don't think about it. Because when I think about it, it drives me absolutely crazy. It's important for us to recognize for Christians, we should, as our brother Scott encouraged us, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, with a heart of thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then like last week when we said to be richly blessed is to be happy, you can be because your trust is not in yourself. Your trust is in not other people. Your trust is not in the government or anything else. Your trust is in the living God who is sovereign over all things. Do you think using the word blessed as happy, do you think the Apostle Paul, according to the Greek or the Hebrew definition of the word, was he happy when he was in prison? That's not a trick question. The answer is, yes, he was blessed. I can just see the Apostle Paul in prison. And you might laugh when I say this, but I think it's absolutely true. Man, I love having these, uh, 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 what do you call it, prison guards here, because I don't have to travel anywhere. They're just an in-house Bible study. They come in and I get to preach the word to them. And uh, the ones that are, that are handcuffed to me, <laughs> that's a captive audience in the literal sense. You think he thought that? I think he thought that because he wanted every soul to be saved. The other thing is, is well, okay, the guards are, you know, taking a little break. Now I have time to write the letter to my beloved friends in Philippi or my beloved friends and brothers in Ephesus. You know, the vast majority of his letters were written where? In prison. You know what's absolutely amazing to me? That man was richly blessed. Who's the one that talks about being richly blessed over and over and over in the New Testament? Apostle Paul. We're going to read one of his, his wonderful passages in the book of Ephesians in a moment. Philip, or Philip, Psalms chapter 12. Wow. Too many Bible books in my head. Here we go. Praise the Lord, how blessed, how happy, how favored is the man or woman who fears the Lord. How, how greatly, who greatly delights in his, God's commandments, God's word. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed, will be favored, will be happy in the Lord. Wealth and riches are in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. This is the one who is blessed by the Lord. 
Light arises in the darkness for the upright, the one who fears the Lord. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man or the woman who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment. This is a beautiful passage I want to take a look at. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings. Boy, that is so timely for today. So timely, that little statement. He, the one who is richly blessed because he fears the Lord, will not fear evil tidings. His heart is, is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld, established, immovable. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor and righteousness. his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. That may not sound like good news, but man, that's exciting to know that the bad guys aren't gonna win. The bad guys have already lost. We pray they'll repent, but you know, lots of them aren't going to. But we'll continue to do what God has called us to do. Amen? Okay, so now let's be happy and not worry as we read this lesson. Oh, we got to read Ephesians 1. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we can't start. I don't know where my mind is at. Ken, did you leave anything up here that I might have caught? Yeah, I did. I'm thinking maybe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ephesians. Aren't you glad that we're not professional? We can just kind of be who we are and and uh, grow together. <laughs> You're praying, please grow, Bill. Please grow. <laughs> verse 3 and 4. Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has favored us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Man, I love that passage of scripture. He chose me. In the lineup of the team, he chose me. When I was a kid, I was never chose, chosen first. I was always the last kid. How horrible that was. You're just waiting for someone to choose. Say, awful. I don't know if you ever had that experience, but I did. He chose me before he got things started. I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. So now we can pray. Father, help us to have a mindset on things above this morning. Help us to realize just how favored we are, how blessed we are, what great gifts you have given to us that we might bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would find true, lasting, and secure happiness in knowing that you are sovereign and you are in complete control. Although man thinks he has it all dialed in, only you, dear Heavenly Father, are in complete control. Help us to realize that no matter what happens, you've allowed it to happen for our growth and we can rejoice even in the most difficult times so that if in the prison house we too can be praising you in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, dear Heavenly Father, I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. 
So it really comes down to this. Do you really, do I, do we really fear the Lord? Meaning, do we have a, a reverential fear? Remember the reverential fear is to be in awe of and in adoration of the one who is sovereign over all things. Over and over and over in the scripture, since I found that definition from the Greek, over and over in the scripture, I see constantly where it says, because of what he did, we can have great confidence. Because of what he did, we can have great peace and contentment. Because of what he did and who he is, we can notice. It always goes back to who? It always goes back to who God, Jesus, is and what he's done. That's why it's so important to know, to know God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let's see, do we put full trust in him and his word? Do we delight ourselves in the word? Remember the word delight, how excited and how invested and how it's all you can think about? Is that where we are or do we need to grow in that? Are we walking as a son of Adam or are we walking as a son of God? When I say son of Adam, I'm talking a man or a woman, carnal in the flesh, focusing only on the flesh and all its limitations and all its struggles and all its trials. Notice that's a really negative attitude, isn't it? But how about being a man or woman in the flesh? With every challenge, there's an opportunity to serve in a greater way, to manifest that great courage and confidence. That's where the Apostle Paul was at in his mind. And by the way, did he, of all people that were called by Christ, did he change the world, both in his word and in his actions and his written letters? Well, I would say absolutely. Can we walk like him? He was the worst of all sinners. Can we walk like him? because he walked like Jesus Christ. Well, let's get right down into it now about this happiness thing, this, this thing of being favored by God, being richly blessed. Point number one, we need to recognize from Psalms and chapter uh, 112, the first two verses, speaks a very powerful concept that we must fully embrace. Why can we praise the Lord? How blessed, how favored is the person who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments? Notice it says, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. You know, I struggled with that for a long time. What if one of my sons decides to leave the faith? I believe that our faith is generational. Our faith is generational. But notice there's a key to that statement. The statement here very clearly stated his descendants, the man of God, the woman of God's descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Talking about the generation after generation after generation of faithfuls. Is faith a personal, individual decision and commitment to follow the Lord, yes or no? It's not inherited biologically. 
just because Andrew, Ryan, and Jacob bear the same DNA that I do, they may or may not bear the same faith. But the generation of the faithful will continue down the way. When I think of Matt Kaikula and Jennifer Kaikula, they are my children in the faith. And generationally in the faith, they are continuing strong. And when Matt and Jennifer retire from what Matt's doing, their commitment is to go full-time terrorizing the world, the devil for the Lord. And you know, wherever Matt and Jennifer goes, people shake with and quiver with excitement. Isn't that true? That's uh, a beautiful thing. No, but I, and I have to be honest, there are so many of you who are my children in the faith. And I'm so deeply thankful for the many years of faithfulness. We've gone through some pretty horrific stuff. We have. And yet, we are still growing. We're still moving forward. You know, from, from maybe the youngest couple here, Alan and Liberty, man, what sweet fellowship we have with each other. You know, and then this morning, I'm so thankful for the Johnsons. You know, you've been here almost from day one. I mean, Cynthia, I think it was maybe day two, right after I here arrived on day one. You know, and Chris was able to drag you in from the him being your uh, track coach, and, and uh, you stayed the course. Craziness that's gone on, and you've stayed the course. And I'm so thankful for that. And your beautiful daughter in the faith, and now she's a Mrs. Brown, but it's a beautiful thing. That is what is called generational faith. So I do not want you to be discouraged, brethren. Yes, mom and dads, invest yourself in living the life and teaching the truth, but your children will choose to be a part of the generation of faithful, not you. It's their decision. But you remain faithful in sharing with all who will hear. It's a beautiful thing. You know, the uh, uh, homosexual agenda many, many years ago had this saying, silence is death. Why did they say that? Silence is death. Well, they got more militant and that we need to really promote our belief system. Well, if it's biological, why would you need to promote a belief system? A belief system is not biological. Well, our belief system is not biological. It is spiritual. We must choose to share our faith for that generation after generation after generation of faithfuls. I have to be so thankful for my brother Steve who kept bugging me. I have to be so faithful for Grandpa Penny who never bugged me but always inspired me. See? And for those who've been such an impact in my life like Mike Whitford, those men saw in me what God had created in me and I hadn't seen it but they helped me to see it. See, the generational faith I want you to be encouraged here, brethren. Live as a man or a woman in awe of God in an adoration and yielded in your spirit to serve him and people will see a heart given to God. And they're going to see the blessings that come and they'll want what you have and then you can share that with them. I'm so hopeful that Samantha saw a little bit of the glory of God in the young people on Monday. 
and will want to choose to participate and get a Bible study and then grow and become as we are. So that first point, breaking the Adam's curse through the fear of God. Will you be a man or woman who will help break the curse of Adam in people's lives? What's that? The possession of carnality by the devil, holding people captive. Now, point number two, wealth, riches, and enduring righteousness. That's a promise from God for those who will put him as sovereign in their lives. Wealth, riches, and enduring righteousness. In fact, all three of those are enduring. Enduring wealth, enduring riches, and enduring righteousness. Now, what about this enduring wealth? What is wealth? The Bible says wealth is being content. This Greek or Hebrew word here is being content and filled with what you have. That doesn't, is that's not a normal definition of wealth, is it? I looked it up. I was thinking mansions and lands and really hot cars and a nice big pickup truck. That's what I thought it was. And you know, that's that's what most people think wealth is. Not according to this Hebrew word. Why don't you look it up right now if you don't think I'm telling you the truth. It has to do with a sense of fullness, a sense of contentment because of what we have and who we are. The man or woman who fears the Lord has all things. Did you know that you are a co-heir with Christ? You're a fellow heir with Christ? What does that mean? Everything that's Christ's is yours. Get your mind wrapped around that. What does that mean? That every, every car is mine? No, no, no. See, move away from the physical and go back and look at all that Christ was. That's who you are. All that Christ has and ever will have you possess as well. The beauty of graciousness is spoken of several times in this passage, and we'll try to bring that out. But when I took a look at the word wealth there, I looked at, and I want you to turn there with me, I looked at Psalms 37. Psalms 37. And you know, when I was a kid and I discovered that Sharon was the one for me, I was reading Psalms and verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I was desiring a, a godly woman and God provided that for me. But notice, read on. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He'll do what? He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment or discernment as the noonday. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. You commit yourself to the Lord. You delight in him, trust only in him, and he will enlighten your way. If we go back to Psalms 12, what does it say there? It says in verse three, wealth and riches are in his house, meaning in the church, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. You know, the man or woman who's upright is the man or woman of integrity. 
And notice what does it say? It says light arises in that house. Light arises in that person. That's talking about the glory of the Lord, brethren. It's talking about the amazing glory of the Lord in you. The life presence of Christ in you and I. How is Paul able to do it? How is Paul able to sing in prison? How is Paul able to have a good attitude? The book of Philippians was written from jail. He was in jail, brethren. And man, he's telling us to do what? Don't worry, right? Be anxious for nothing, but be blessed. That's really what he was saying there in, in that chapter four. Pretty powerful stuff. Do not worry. Be anxious or nothing, but appeal to God in prayer and petition with an attitude of thanksgiving, no matter where you're at. He's in a prison and he's thankful. Do you remember what he said when he was in prison? There in Philippians chapter one, he goes, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I'm so not sure of which I want to die and go home and be with the Lord, which that's much better or to remain on so that I can help you grow your faith. Both are awesome. Do you see this guy? His mindset was not a carnal Adam mindset. It's like, I might die and get to go home. A carnal mind would go, you are a nut job. But a person with a spiritual mind knows that if you pass from this life into the next, it's like glory and we wait in paradise and then angels come for us and escort us home. We are just like excited. Notice, that's the right mindset. Saying, I struggle with that mindset. I struggle with that mindset. Why? Where's my focus oftentimes? I listen to uh, talk radio. I don't watch stuff on the television, you know, because seeing stuff on television will really get you negative and down. But talking or listening to news radio won't, right? Wrong. Hello. <laughs> you know, bad news sells. Everybody wants to hear it. Oh, no. Okay. The good news is refreshing, but obviously it doesn't sell. They throw you a tidbit, you know, after a big thing. Oh, and, and here's a special interest story. Something wonderful happened. Millions of wonderful things happen, but that doesn't sell newspapers or television time or whatever. So it's important for us to remember that we're being driven by the world. So we have to say, nope, I'm going to focus on who I am and what I have in Christ Jesus. You know, yesterday, I don't want to get off too far in the weeds on this one, but yesterday when I was out there very, very early in the morning digging with my shovel, getting ready to put my fence line in six months from now after I was done digging with my shovel, the cavalry comes down the road with her tractor and some of her young men and they show up and I put my shovel down and, and we talked a little bit and she goes, oh, I brought the right thing. This will do this and we'll pick up and I was thinking, never seen that before. It was the coolest thing. She started and I went, I'm stepping away. I'm gonna go help the guys down on the other end of the property. 
And I'm telling you what, two hours later, it was like coming. I mean, if we were having an assembly night, I didn't want you all come over just to look at the in awe of my field. Okay, it's so smooth. Now I can dig holes. Okay, well, the interesting thing is, is that when I was looking at this, going, man, this is a bummer, man. Think how much fence line I got to put in here? That's where my mind went. But then spiritually, I kicked myself in the rear. And I said, what are you doing, man? You have such rich blessings here. You have a sister who's coming over with her tractor. You have a lovely wife who's taking care of all the things back at the house and actually helping a little bit, keeping me kind of sane and feeding all the crew that's working. And uh, these people coming and helping, they don't even know me, but they're good people. And I'm whining about my little shovel. I'm going to be here forever. I got too much property. <laughs> There's people dying to get to the United States so they can have a car, a cell phone, whatever. See, do you see the... Uh, I was messed up there for a while, focused on the fleshly instead of on the amazing spiritual blessing of having a family that's been so helpful and continues to be helpful. That is the amazing wealth that we have. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. And I know I am no way getting done with this sermon. So guess what? Next week we'll finish whatever, maybe, what I have left over. The blessings are so many in this passage of scripture. But look at the, the book of Ephesians. And we're not going to chapter 1. We're going to chapter 5. Listen to the wealth that is being spoken of here. By the way, uh, this wealth is not obviously... Uh, from uh, what would you call it this wealth is not from this this world and I put Ephesians 5 down there and it should have been Ephesians 3 um, sorry about that in fact I don't even think it's in Ephesians wow I know <laughs> oh yeah, let's try Colossians 2. Man, that's really, really, where was I when I wrote that? Uh, I was obviously in my mind in Ephesians, but I was reading Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 uh, through verse 3. Listen to the wealth and the treasures here. He's talking to the Christians there. He says, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have on behalf, uh, on behalf and for those who are in Laodicea. And for all those who have not personally seen my face. Now here's where it gets good. Verse 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance or confidence of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Notice the wealth and the treasures are all found in the knowledge of Christ and in Christ. Now the question is, are you in Christ this morning? If you became a Christian, as the Bible directs you to become a Christian, you are in Christ this morning and Christ is in you. Now we have a little job. We need to know what that means. That's why he says here, all the wealth that comes from the confidence of understanding in the true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ.
Christ himself, in whom in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why was Paul able to do what he did? Because he knew something, that he was crucified with Christ. Paul no longer lived. The limitations of the flesh were gone. Paul no longer lives. The life that he now lives, he lives in what? He lives in the faith of Jesus Christ because Christ dwells in him. The spirit of Christ dwells in him. That is such an essential understanding. Colossians, or Galatians chapter two. How important that is. I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. Have we been crucified with Christ? Is the old carnal man dead? Is the new man Christ Jesus? And is Christ Jesus active in you because you know who he is and his wisdom? And are you living according to that? That's what Paul was doing. You're saying Paul was called as an apostle. You were called as an anointed one of God, a son of God. And by the way, if you'll really look closely, an apostle is one who's sent out by Jesus Christ. What does it say that you and I have? The ministry of reconciliation to go out and do what? Save the world. Kind of sounds like the same deal. So notice we can be as Christ, as Paul, as Timothy. That's why the word was given. Delight yourself in it and you'll grow in this great adoration of God. Well, let's do the riches and then we'll finish up this morning. We have a few minutes left. The riches of his glory. Notice the riches of his glory back there in, in uh, Psalms 112. You say, well, it doesn't say the riches of his glory. That's what it's actually talking about there. And so as we look at that in verse 4 down through verse 6, light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious. The, the man who fears God or the one who fears God is gracious and compassionate and righteous. Uh, and it is well with this person who is gracious and lends, gracious again. Uh, she, he will maintain his or her cause in judgment. In other words, they'll make right decision. They're sober-minded and they'll be consistently doing things right. And it says here, he, she will never be shaken. You're saying, well, I, I'm, I'm, I get shook up sometimes. We all get shook up sometimes. But are you shaken out and have you given up? You're here. You're here. You continue. Well, let's go through these really quickly. The gracious means to be merciful and giving to the need, whatever the need is. Now, question. When you, without no strings attached, you graciously give yourself to serve someone else, what happens to that relationship with them? More often than not, some people are hard-hearted and they're not going to respond. But more often than not, if you are gracious, meaning gift-giving, merciful, helping, what's going to happen? Gonna You're going to grow and they're going to grow yeah, absolutely. You're going to grow together. I love the family of God. I love the fellowship of the saints. As we walk more closely with Christ. Is Christ gracious, merciful, and giving? We heard it this morning. Uh, very beautifully done by um, Ken. Look at compassionate. Com compassionate literally needs 
means to be like God in being touched in the heart. Is God touched in the heart? Did Jesus cry when he heard about Lazarus and more importantly, the mourning of Lazarus's friends? Did he cry with them? I don't think he was crying for Lazarus. He knew exactly what was going on. He was weeping for those who were overwhelmed with grief because they did not understand God yet. And he said, this is for the glory of God. And they saw God's power, realizing God is able to raise the dead. What about righteous? This word righteous is very easy to comprehend. It means honest, honest, genuine, and sincere. You're saying, well, that sounds easy, but how many of you know sometimes you're getting put in a place where honesty is very, very challenging. But that's the key, being able to do that. Giving, willing to lend a helping hand. That's what that actually means. <laughs> that's pretty easy, isn't it? Willing to lend a helping hand. Well, maybe it's not so easy. But it communicates something about Christ to others, doesn't it? And then finally, integrity. This word here where it says, in verse uh, uh, five, he will maintain his cause in judgment. Everything he does, everything she does will be discerned through the word of God. What does the word of God say I should do in this situation? I have to be honest with you. When I first became a Christian, I was also always trying to justify my mistakes. I was always making excuses. Interestingly enough, how many of you know that people know immediately an excuse is an excuse and it's not a reason. So I just tell the truth now. It's embarrassing sometimes. It really is. Right? And when I tell the truth, I'm free. I'm sure the other person on the line is going like, whatever. But oftentimes what I hear, no problem. It's happened to me before a million times. <sighs> Instead of making an excuse, I'm telling the truth. And then they... They go, yeah, I've had that challenge before, or I've done that before. I've had that frailty before. I've had the forgetfulness. I forgot to write it down. I forgot to. Honesty is powerful. It actually draws people closer, believe it or not. Integrity, to live according to God's word. And then finally, unshakable righteousness. We'll finish point number two. Unshakable righteousness. Verse six, he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. How many of you have ever, do you ever look at memes on, on Facebook or on Instagram? It's okay if you don't. I mean, if you do, that's cool too. Just as long as it doesn't possess you. And that you run all of the memes through the word of God. Because I have found a lot of those memes sound good, but the reality is, is they're devilish as the devil can get. They just, in a pretty little package. Well, here's what this says. For he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. I hate it when I get memes that say, you better get it all now and make your place because you're going to be forgotten when you die. It's like, don't let the door hit you when you go out. Grandpa Penny will never be forgotten. 
If I've had the privilege of teaching you and helping you become a Christian, Grandpa Penny had a part in that. Grandpa Penny will not be forgotten. The people who have been touched by the kind of man that I have become because of Grandpa Penny, Grandpa Penny will not be forgotten. Why? Well, you keep talking about him. Well, you know what's interesting? Is there's people who talk about him that never met him. There's a young man by the name of Stephen Parmenter. Really a sweet guy. I think he's going to be a great preacher. He does a good job right now. And you know what? He says, I think you're my grandpa Penny. I get choked up. Get choked up. Are you somebody's grandpa Penny? Remember the generation of the faithful? It's going to continue generation after generation. You'll have spiritual children for generation after generation, but we need to be like Grandpa Penny. Well, we need to be like Jesus or, or Paul or Timothy or Phoebe or uh, uh, Priscilla. Deborah. That's a scary one. Deborah. Okay. We need to be men and women who fear the Lord to be richly blessed with enduring wealth, enduring riches, and an unshakable righteousness. Next week we'll finish up, Lord willing, point number three, enduring blessings of the fearless of heart. Let's close in a word of prayer. <laughs> Father God, thank you so much for the rich blessings in this life. The blessings are countless. They're innumerable. And the blessings from above, dear Heavenly Father, thinking of the, the, the salvation that we're, we've received, that you're constantly and ever available and that you know us better than we know ourselves. And then when we pray to you, Father, you know exactly what we need and you deliver it, whether we like it or not. We are so thankful, Father, for the rich blessings of being your children. Help us to remember that these blessings are for the fearless of heart, those who do not fear man or the craziness of this world, but rather have an awe and adoration for the one who controls all things. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand up and get all excited. What did you say to do? He said to go. go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, uh, next week, next week, I'm going to have Julie come up and show us how to dance to get all excited. Right? <laughs> and everybody looks over at Avery, she's so cute, but you should have seen her mommy just a moment ago. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Have a great week.